0: Hey everybody, this is Jay. I just got off a stage at Friends Church Orange. We just wrapped up a teaching series called Becoming Who We Are, where we looked at the book of Ephesians from start to finish. We looked at the idea of sanctification, which is a fancy way of saying becoming more like Jesus every day, becoming who we really are. We're made in His image, and God's Holy Spirit is helping us to be reconformed to that image. And it's been a great series as we've learned how to cooperate with God's spirit as uh, God is attempting to build us up. And then we get into the last chapter, the last part of chapter six, which I discussed today. And what the Apostle Paul, who wrote the book of Ephesians, is saying to the church in Ephesus is he's saying, hey, be aware that as you are becoming who you are, Be aware of what's behind it all. And the Apostle Paul starts to talk about spiritual warfare. He uncovers the idea that just as God in heaven is trying to build you up, there is an enemy in heaven that is trying to tear you down. And at the end of all of it, the believer's struggle is to stay standing to stay standing with Jesus, because Satan is going to try and do everything, scheme in every way possible to tear you apart from your faith, to tear you apart from God, to tear you away from the community of believers so that you are isolated and that you fall. And so, knowing that we were going into uh, this, I also knew I had one thing that I had to overcome, and it's the fact that in this modern, educated world, a lot of people don't believe in the devil, in Satan. It seems just ridiculous to think that that might be able to exist. And I I was glad that I was able to relate on that level, not growing up in a religious household, um, having to struggle with those ideas myself. But honestly, because I believe that there is a spiritual realm because I believe that I'm connected to that spiritual realm through Jesus and his Holy Spirit that lives in me and I can pray uh, and be connected to my Heavenly Father. Then it makes sense to me that uh, there is uh, a warring agent up there as well because of the fact that Jesus, while he lived here, made mention many times of the enemy, of Satan, of the devil. And so uh, I was able to stand on stage and very confidently talk about the enemy, while knowing there's probably people in my congregation thinking, hmm, this is a little old school. That's a little old-fashioned. That's a little behind in the thinking, and I'm fine with that. Before I talk more about those sorts of things, can I tell you what happened this week? Because I had something awesome happen this week that I wanted to share with you. So earlier this week, I flew out to Texas, and I was able to reconnect with an old friend. This is a guy That I mentored when I first started in ministry. So, when I was 20 years old, I started uh, volunteering in a youth ministry. I felt a call to go into ministry. I went to school to be prepared to be a pastor, and I got an internship at a local church. And the first thing that they did is they put me in charge of the prayer team. And there was a small group of high school students. This was a large church with a large high school ministry. And I had leadership uh, over a small group of students, the prayer team. And I had one student leader. And he was the first person that I had ever mentored in my life. And I was only literally like three years older than him. And still learning to to get my footing in ministry. He was kind enough to allow me to have influence in his life. So he graduated high school, went to Texas for college, then went to Washington, D.C. to work, and then found his way back to Houston, Texas. In the midst of all of that, although I loved this kid, we just fell out of contact. However, another one of my friends, Uh, Did not. He kept in contact with my early mentee. And when he heard I was going to Texas, my friend told me, Hey, you should really reconnect with that old mentee. And I thought that would be awesome. I have no idea what's going on in his life, but it would be great to catch up and find out how he's doing. And so, uh, I got his number. I texted him and I said, Hey, you free to meet up, grab coffee one morning, grab some breakfast and catch up. And he said, Absolutely. And so we did. We met up and it was so cool. There, there's something about being a part of somebody's life early on, both in my ministry life, early on in, in his adolescent life, and then seeing where life takes you. And we had a lot of things in common. Life took us in different directions in a lot of ways, but it was cool to see that after all these years, he was still standing firm in his faith. He was still standing with Jesus. And I can't say that for every person I've ever mentored in my ministry, and I don't take responsibility when somebody decides to uh, leave their relationship with Jesus, leave the faith, and I also can't take responsibility for uh, somebody's decision to continue to stand with Jesus over the years, but it does feel good knowing that uh, I made an investment. I'm sure that played a small part in his overall decision to keep faith, but it, it was so interesting to see that the one of the major catalysts Of his faith still to this day is prayer, which when he was just a junior in high school, he was a student leader on a prayer team. And who who does that? Who in high school? And this this guy, he was like a popular smart kid, uh, lots of friends, and he wanted to lead the prayer team. That's a unique individual. And so it was cool to see that prayer is still a huge Part of his life. And it just did my heart well to be in a place I'd never been before and to reconnect with somebody that I hadn't seen in a long time and to still be connected over our faith in Jesus and prayer as a catalyst in our life. So back to Ephesians chapter six and spiritual warfare. All right. So I was trying to make this point early on. And uh, there may have been some things that I should have said or shouldn't have said. I don't know. Let me work this out. So I was trying to make the point that Ephesians chapter 6 talks about spiritual warfare, but the 10 verses that is included there compared to all of the verses in the Bible— We know very little about spiritual warfare. There aren't many large passages that really tell us what's going on in the spiritual realms, how those realms intersect, how the battles between light and darkness interact and uh, come into our world and affect us in this world. If you've ever read the book of Revelation, it is a very, 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 uh, confusing and hard to understand and hard to interpret book because a lot of the things are just over our heads um, because we are bound to this world, this earthly region, and there's another spiritual region that we will understand more fully someday. And so I was trying to make the point that uh, because we are told so little about spiritual warfare and so little about Satan, we should really focus on Jesus, who we are told a lot about and who it is in Jesus we stand. In Jesus, we have power uh, to stand against any uh, enemy that comes against us, any spiritual enemy, Satan, who comes against us. And so as I was trying to make that point that we need to stay focused on Jesus, let's not get obsessed on who Satan is and how spiritual warfare works, I brought up that uh, my daughter has recently become obsessed with Voldemort from Harry Potter. Now, my daughter's pretty young, and people know that. She's four years old. And uh, our family, we we like Harry Potter. And so uh, she started watching uh, bits and pieces of Harry Potter as, as we were watching them, and uh, she started to pick up on there's this guy who is not to be named. And then they... Name him, it's Voldemort. And she's like, huh, what's this guy all about? But she'd never seen him before. And so she became obsessed with wanting to see what Voldemort looked like. And we're like, hmm, what should we do? Should we we let her see Voldemort? Or should we just uh, let this one pass? Should we even be letting her watch Harry Potter? Is this over her head? She's four years old. And uh, if you have been in the church for some time, Uh, Harry Potter is a hot issue. It has uh, been divisive in a lot of places where there have been some churches that have literally taken the Harry Potter books on stage and have burned them, (laughs) which is insane. There's been some bad blood over Harry Potter. We could say that. And so here I am in church and I'm trying to make a point that we should focus on Jesus, not get overly obsessed with who Satan is, cause we don't know that much. And I use my daughter's current obsession with who Voldemort is, which by the way, uh, we did let her see him and she thought that he looked creepy. And that's about that. No big deal. But I just thought, man, did I just lose half my audience because I brought up a hot topic, uh, that I thought in my head was, was dead long ago. But when I brought it up, there were some arms that crossed in the room. There were some people that, uh, you know, just got tense bringing it up. So here I am talking about spiritual warfare. Then I bring up Harry Potter, which some people think is like the devil coming through the pages of a book. And I don't happen to think that way. And so I was a little, uh, I didn't have a clue until I said it. And then I realized, ooh, there's some tension in this room. And then I just didn't really address it. I just moved on. And for me, it's, it's not a big point uh, because as I have seen the entire series, the end where Harry Potter is willing to give his life up so that others can live and so that evil can be defeated, I'm like, wow, that's pretty right on to the Christian story. And I get that parents are concerned that if their kids at too young of an age that don't understand see that there's schools where you can learn to go be uh, wizards and witches, that that might have a negative influence on them. I, I get all that. But overall, and again, I'm, I'm speaking to adults when I'm talking about this, overall, the series ends with a Christ-like analogy and that's the grand finale of it all. And so I was comfortable saying it, and I didn't realize, oh, yeah, that's, a, that's an area of, of division. So maybe I shouldn't have brought that up. Maybe that wasn't the best uh, <laughs> the best analogy. But seriously, I was just trying to say, let's not get too obsessed with Satan. Let's keep our focus on Jesus who gives us the power. And really, I made the point that we stay focused by reading the Word of God by praying, and by evangelizing. So the Apostle Paul talks about putting on the armor of God, and there's some different uh, descriptions there, and we could get real nuanced with it. Um, But overall, they all kind of fall into, hey, stay focused on Jesus so that Satan doesn't get a foothold and tear you down. God's trying to build you up. Satan's trying to tear you down. So just stay focused on Jesus. Follow his spirit by reading the word of God making that a regular practice, praying, making that a practice, evangelizing, making that a practice. And these three things just happen to be things that are hard to do. And they could be the application to just about every sermon that a pastor preaches. And yet sometimes we avoid just going there because it seems oversimplified. And yet it's hard to do. And we need to be reminded that we've been called to evangelize And because there is a war that is raging in the spiritual realms, the way we enter in is by bringing forward the gospel through evangelizing, through sharing our faith in Jesus Christ with other people, by inviting people to church at the very least. And then we need to be praying for people. We need to be praying for people that uh, haven't yet seen the good news of Jesus Christ to be actually good news that uh, they could understand just how loving God is and just how loving it was that Jesus gave his life for us on the cross. We need to be praying for those people. We need to be praying for uh, our brothers and sisters in the church that are struggling, that um, that need strength um, from the Holy Spirit. We need to be praying for those people. And we need to be reading the word because that directs our prayers, and it really stops us from getting deceived. Because one of the main things that we know about Satan is he schemes and he's a liar. And so we need to have truth uh, put back into us. Whether we're listening to sermons um, at church, uh, through podcasts, uh, we're singing songs that reflect scriptures, or we're just reading the word on our own. All of those things help us to stay focused. Um, And so I made the application for my congregation to then... Uh, As we move forward in this season, don't be intimidated to invite people to church. Just don't. Uh, Don't be afraid to get in the fight. And then I had told them, number two, be sure you're fighting for your friends. I made the point that people aren't our enemies. Uh, We fight for them. We don't fight against them. We fight for them in prayer. And then number three, praise your guts out. Because we need to get that truth in us. And so we do that most effectively through praise that's uh, rooted on the word of God. So as I got to the three points of application, I was able to share one story of an Uber driver that picked me up uh, from my hotel to the airport. Um, But there are two points that I also had stories for that I wasn't able to share. And they're great stories that are, I think, helpful for our spiritual life. So I want to share them here with you on the things I should have said. So uh, the second point of fight for your friends, uh, I had a friend in college. He was actually a high school friend that we continued to be friends in college. And one uh, weekend he came down, he was staying with me uh, at our college dorm, and we went out, we went to a concert, and it was... Um, there was four guys and four girls, so we were out on this, I don't know, kind of group date sort of thing. And as we were leaving the concert, we were walking through the parking lot, and a car came speeding by us, and it slammed on its brakes, probably about a hundred feet in front of us, and all four doors opened up, and four guys got out, and I knew these guys are coming for a fight, and they're tearing off their shirts. And they uh, are pointing right at me. And the lead guy is pointing right at me. And he's screaming at me all sorts of things that I'm not going to scream into this microphone. So he's screaming all these things at me. And in my mind, I think to myself, four of them, four of us. Okay, here we go. And as he started charging me, he got closer. And I think he realized... I was quite a bit bigger than he was, you know, I've got a goofy smile and, uh, I, am not very intimidating, but I, I guess I was trying my best then to be as big as I could be. And, uh, so he got closer and when he saw that I was bigger than him, he goes, Oh, I thought you were somebody else. And they got back in their car to go, uh, to go look for another fight. And now here's the thing. I look next to me because I was just staring these guys down as they were rushing towards us trying to put together a plan of what we're going to do is I look next to me. uh, My buddy is standing next to me, but the two other dudes are standing with the four girls way back in the back. And I realized I thought it was four on four, but it was really two on four. I only had one friend who was willing to stand with me. And guess what? Those other two guys are no longer my friends. Not that I got mad at him that night and said, where were you guys? Um, I just had this sense of like, this guy right here, he'll stick with me through anything. These other guys, not so much. Uh, I'm not advocating violence or fighting. Uh, but in a, in a time of self-defense, these other two guys fled and one friend stuck by me. And it, it's crazy because uh, right now as I'm going through some difficulties, he's still by my side. And he was he just called me yesterday and said, Hey man, what are you doing on Sunday? Uh, I want to come out and just see how you're doing. And I'm like, well, I'm, I've got to record this podcast, but let's hang out after. And so we're hanging out and it just, man, sometimes you need friends that are willing to fight for you. Of course, I mean, in prayer, I, of course, I mean, by being present with you and not abandoning you. And we've got to be the types of people that fight for our friends the third application was that we need to praise our guts out. And I have just found in uh, in a difficult time that I need to be reminded of the truth. And uh, song lyrics in particular help me that, worship songs. And especially when I'm in the community of believers and everybody's singing out. Because sometimes I'm singing it and I'm having a hard time Connecting it to my heart. But when I hear other people sing it and I feel that energy, it helps bring me there. And it can move knowledge that's just locked in my head and bring it down to my heart. And sometimes uh, I can become apathetic even in that environment. But uh, I want to tell you this quick, quick story about I was at a small pastors' conference uh, for small church pastors. And the speaker, uh, the keynote speaker was a mega church pastor. So uh, in church world, in pastor world, there's like big churches and little churches. And big churches oftentimes seem really successful and small churches can be looked down upon by the big churches. And then little churches can look down upon the big churches and be like, the only reason why they're big is because they watered down the gospel. And it's ugly and it's not right. There are different strengths for both sorts of uh, churches. And I won't go into all those strengths right now, but what I'm saying is there is plenty of room in God's kingdom for small churches and large churches. Success just means that pastors are faithful. And yet here I am at this small church conference and the worship band is playing and the worship band is just not that good. Let's just be honest. And I'm standing right next to the speaker of this huge mega church. And I thought to myself, what is this like for him? He typically has top-notch music, Production value is through the roof. And now here he is about to talk to all these small church pastors and the music is subpar. But I looked at him and with everything in his being, he was praising God. And now this guy is like, he's kind of the more uh, executive pastor type where he's, he's wearing a, you know, button up shirt tucked in. He looks like an executive more than like the cool hip pastor. He's not one of those guys. And he is just praising God from his guts. And as I saw him do that, it took me out of my head because I was all in my head like thinking about things that just didn't even matter and brought me right back to focus on Jesus and focus on the things that matter and there's something about being in a community of people, being surrounded by people that can help you and that's why we do this podcast because I'm hoping with everything in me, to connect with a few of you out there that are spiritually isolated, that you've walked away from the church, but not necessarily your faith, but your faith is starting to dwindle down. And I just want to invite you to come back to church because I believe that God wants to build you up, but there's also a force out there that just wants to tear you down, wants to tear you uh, away from your God and tear your faith down. And we need one another. And I want you to find a place where you can be encouraged, wherever that might be. Uh, If you're in Orange County, come join us at Friends Church. But wherever you're at, find a good church where you can just come in and be encouraged by the people around you because we need one another. So I was in Houston having coffee with this guy that I used to mentor. He was my mentee back in the day. And there was this shift that happened where he became the mentor and I became the mentee. Because the reason why I was out in Houston is because recently on an MRI, it has shown that a brain tumor has recurred in my brain. So you know my story that I am a brain tumor survivor, that I had a very risky brain tumor that was removed uh, a couple years ago. And it was really miraculous how it happened. And I fully recovered, was given a clean bill of health, And now, out of nowhere, it has recurred, which means now I'm not just facing a brain tumor, I'm facing brain cancer. So I'm a brain tumor survivor who is now facing brain cancer. And so I went to Houston to visit MD Anderson, one of the top cancer treatment centers in the United States. And I found out that this guy that I used to mentor has had two brain surgeries at MD Anderson and now volunteers there because he believes in their level of care so much and he knows how difficult it is to face hardships, especially when it comes to your health. And so he was just sharing his perspective on how to live with an illness that has no cure and how to uh, keep your hope up, how to uh, approach each and every day with so many things unknown and really just how to navigate such a large hospital and very practical things like that. And so I was, I just feel so uh, blessed that a kid that I got to mentor so long ago, now God is using him to speak into my life and to encourage me in this time. And so I want to unpack this more with you. Uh, I don't have time to do it right now. But next episode of things I should have said, I want to talk about what it's like being a pastor and having brain cancer, what it's like to have to prepare a message for Easter next week on the same week that I'm starting treatment for my cancer. Not sure how my body is going to tolerate it. I want to talk about those things with you and talk about how I see God interacting in the midst of all of this my fears, my worries, but ultimately my hope that's in God. And I think if you're willing to tune back in for the last episode of the season, which will be next episode coming out next week, if you listen to that, I think you'll be encouraged because everyone that I've talked to since finding out of the diagnosis, uh, they comment on just how glorified God is and how much strength they get even seeing me deal with this and so there are a lot of unknowns in life you're probably dealing with a lot of unknowns as well and I think as you hear about the perspective that God is giving me I think it'll help you too so be praying for me now and then tune back in next week and let's talk this through